Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, good morning, good morning. You are tuned in live to the world premiere of Beyond the Lab. And we are so excited today because we have a wonderful special guest author, Elizabeth M. Adams. How are you today? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I am fantastic. I'm excited and I'm ready for this conversation. All right. (laughs) We love, we love, we absolutely love the energy. Uh, Before we get started, one of the reasons that we wanted to have Beyond the Lab is um, based on actually Twitter, which is where we met you on Twitter. One of the things that we noticed that when we send out tweets, more of the responses come from uh, things people are passionate about, things that are authentic and heartfelt. And we were thinking, you know, people kind of put us in this box when you're in STEM mm-hmm. or any science-related field as if you don't do anything else. And one of the mm-hmm. things is, is if you don't have any other passions. And one of the things, I saw a tweet from you that announced your books. And I was thinking, wow, yes. you know, <laughs> she she goes beyond the lab and she's an author. <laughs> and I think there was a picture of one of the books. And I said, okay, this is not a, you know, a, a, a book where, you know, you're going to class and, it, you know, things of that nature. This looks like a fun book. I want to know yes. more <laughs> about this young lady. So give Aww. us some insight into who you are and then we'll go into the book. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I am Elizabeth M. Adams. I am a native Minnesotan. I was born and raised in St. Paul, Minnesota, and, you know, spent most of my young adult life here. And then I moved to the D.C. area to kind of extend my leadership experience. I wanted to get into technology. And I spent about 21 years working in a number of professions for some Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies, leading, you know, high visibility um, tech projects. And I love the work. I love technology, and I love emerging technology and all things that. And so I also did some work for the Department of Defense, Defense Intelligence Agency, where I got a chance to really understand the depth of technology. I led a systems integration lab mm-hmm. with 200 professionals, and we got to do all kinds of um, amazing things. And um, But I've always loved the writing side of it. I am a creator. So I also sing. Um, so there's all this, these other passions that help me figure out how to do the technology that I do, how to solve complex problems. And one way for me to figure that out is to either go write 
or to write a song or do something where I can express myself. And then it gives me an opportunity somehow, some way to figure out, you know, the, the tough solutions for a problem. So I hope that gave you a bit of understanding of just who I am. I love technology. I'm a creator. I'm back in Minnesota now working on some very, very um, serious, you know, technology considerations, transparent technology with the city of Minneapolis through my Stanford Fellowship and working on um, helping to pass ordinances that will help make sure that technology works for all, all the citizens in the city. So you you have a big job, and what you're going to do and what you're doing affects a lot of lives. And one of the things that people are not doing sometimes is following their passion and being comfortable in that passion. And you're comfortable in, in writing, you're comfortable, as you mentioned, in singing, as well as in the tech industry specifically also. But take us back to when you decided to write your book. What was the genesis for the book? So I actually have three that I produced this year. So they're three e-books, and they're all children's books, Mm -hmm. and they are all books that have illustrations with kids of color, children of color, black and brown kids. And that was specific and intentional for me because I just didn't see enough of that from an ebook perspective. And because of COVID, mm-hmm. I wanted them to be free to families who might have to use their funds for something else. So they can jump online, read the book, download it, and go with the read aloud. So um, I did it because this year, because of everything that was happening with COVID, lives were being lost. Um, There were communities that were being further marginalized because of it. And I thought to myself, if something were to happen to me, all of my dreams would go with me. Like, you know, if I were to die, all my dreams would go. And I said, so I'm going to reach for the highest point of happiness that I can, and what does that look like? And I had these books, but I didn't have the illustrations. And so I sought out to go find an illustrator and said, I don't care if it seems like I'm just putting out a bunch of the product. For me, it was getting everything out of me and then putting it into mm-hmm. the world and then letting it go to work for me, hoping that some young child or some parent might find a bit of joy with everything that we've dealt with this year from COVID and, the, you know, two pandemics, COVID and then racial injustices. So it was just my way of sharing uh, what I'm passionate about with families who might be struggling um, and who might not see their kids in images in certain books and to be able to give that away for free. Now, Little Miss, M- Miss Minnesota and her six brothers, <laughs> yes. Little AI and Petey, I have yes. seen the books and I love, absolutely love the illustration. Um, growing up, I was an avid reader. I, I would sit in the corner, literally. Um, I was raised in Michigan, so I would sit in the corner where the heat came out of the vent on the floor. Okay. This was yes. in Michigan. <laughs> and um, some people may kind of connect with that uh, in Michigan. And I would just sit there for hours and read books. And I honestly do not remember any books that reflected African-Americans. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm just uh-huh. now thinking this while we're talking and to see your book and to see the fact that really they're giving people um, an opportunity to see what they can become because the pictures with your brothers, they all have on like different things. Yep. Um, and it, it it takes you to this is something I can become and I don't have to see it from the lens of another uh, race or ethnicity or what have you. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love what you've done with that. And you mentioned earlier that it was intentional. Why mm-hmm. was that important to you? Well, for many of the reasons you just described, you know, growing up, it, these were not images that, you know, we saw. And when someone asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, Basically, my default thing was a nurse. I didn't know I could be a project manager. I didn't know about chemistry and all those other types of things. Growing up, those weren't the things that were shared with me and my brothers. However, we had various interests. And so it was Mm -hmm. intentional for me to show my brothers, one, to show a family that loves each other, a black family that shows love and um, adoration for each other, which is the reason why in my pages, I say, way to go. I love you. I'm so excited to be your sister. You know what I mean? And I also wanted to make sure that people saw young black kids doing fun things like and, you, and learning words like studious. And um, mm-hmm. I forgot what some of the other words were, creative and inquisitive and priceless, you know, was the one – word that my brothers gave to me. Um, But the other piece that was behind it was that, you know, my parents, my mother passed when I was six, and so my brothers and I, we really formed a special bond because my father had to work three jobs in order to keep us all together. He did not want us Mm -hmm. separated. And so we had to help each other, you know, learn and, and help each other with our homework and so forth. And so I really just wanted that theme of love, family, Um, I wanted to humanize our stories, like we're not just all, you know, as you, some of the narratives, thugs and thieves and all of that. Um, There are a lot of families that love reading, that that love having Mm -hmm. conversations and love to um, love on each other, you know, and support each other. And that's what my family is about. And I know that there are others and I wanted to extend that out to the world. Uh, there is certainly light and love within uh, your writing, and uh, this is off subject, but it's good. <laughs> I um, attended one of your events where you were speaking about your family. Yeah, and yeah, I was so moved. And and now you know, I I saw the book before I saw um, your um, event. Okay, Uh so now when I look at the book and I put the pieces together of what you were doing as such a young child at such a young age and the fact that you you know the entire history of your family, I mean, that, that is amazing to me. You know, and I want people to not only if they are able to go back and see that presentation that you did, but to read this book and really see how you can show that love and that light, you know, in book form. And it takes 
authors. It takes creators to bring that word, in a sense, to life. And I think mm-hmm. that's what you've done with your books. And on your on your website, it says a message of hope. And yes. that's what I feel. Even just looking at the cover, you know, it's oh. like, okay, this is going to be a good story. Do you see the light? And I'm, I'm creative as well. So do you see the light <laughs> in the grass and how it embraces her and all of that? So yes. I'm just so excited about all that you're doing. Tell me, Thank you. you know, for th- there are some people who um, have fallen into the belief that this is all that I am. This mm-hmm. is all that I am going to be. I haven't been able to become an author or a singer mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe they wanted to play basketball or maybe they wanted mm-hmm. to be a chemist or maybe, you know, what can you say to them in terms of who inspired you to push forward and do all of the things that you're doing? Is there a who? Wow. That there you? is, um, I'm sorry, is there a who? Yes. Is, who inspires is, you? There, there are so many people, and honestly, it would be too many to name. And my inspiration comes from many different places. It, it could come from an article. It could come from a podcast. Mm-hmm. It could come from seeing a newscast and someone, you know, is doing something special. It could come from my own family. It could come from coworkers. My inspiration, I mean, I just feel like I'm just pulling from our entire planet. And whenever someone mm-hmm. is reaching for goodness in their own lives, I want to take a piece of that. And then, and I do take a piece of that and figure out how to put it back out into the world. But I will tell you this. A few years ago, I lost everything. And all that I had worked for and all my leadership experience and all my degrees and certifications and everything that I had done, all the homes I had purchased, sold, all of that, when I ended up with nothing, that's what it made me realize is that those things were things And I had to now reach Mm -hmm. deep inside and figure out who I truly am. Like, who am I? Who is Elizabeth M. Adams? And it took me about three and a half Mm -hmm. years to go through that process of kind of breaking the mold of what I thought the world wanted from me, what I thought, you know, scholars or professors or bosses wanted from me, and to leap forward with who I am and to never, ever be afraid to lead with authenticity again. And that Mm -hmm. meant bringing my creative side. That meant bringing the side where I love to talk about hope and happiness and joy, but also the serious side where I have to make sure people understand that, you know, black folks, we're humans. Like we want the same things as other folks. And really Mm -hmm. reaching into those tough conversations about racism, discrimination, profiling, exclusion, and um, and understanding that I am all of that. But what was most yes. important for me coming out of that was how do I present myself in a way that leaves me healthy and whole at the end of it? And that was not a one-time process. So for anyone who wants to, you know, go do something, just make one step. Just do the first step in front of you. Make the next right move that you think is the next right move, and trust and believe. It will happen. I had no idea two years ago that I would be in this space talking with you, 
talking about talking with Harvard yesterday, and of course you were a part of the Stanford um, workshop that I did. I was at Cornell. I mean, all these wonderful things I've been a part of are really because I'm owning my authenticity. And I think mm-hmm. I mentioned at that Stanford um, workshop to follow your curiosity. I say that all the time, and I truly mean that. Just yeah. what are you curious about? Is it an article? Is it a person? Go research that person. So that would be my advice is to never think that your one step isn't enough. It is. And never think that your one step isn't valuable or that you're not valuable. You matter. Your stories matter. Your perspective um, matters. All of it. Show up in this space. Show up in the world. Unapologetically you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and I'm saying wow because I am I, I am so inspired right now uh, because it because of your testimony, because of what you said that, you know, you went through losing everything and that's mm-hmm. when you found out who you were. And mm-hmm. I, I think in this society we see things and we think it's overnight. And I'm not even sure if overnight should ever be a word utilized for anybody (laughs) because most successful people, it was not overnight. It was just at night. You know, it was during those times when nobody else was around that you were up at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning checking social media, making sure this is right and making sure, you know, uh, doing working on projects, working on a paper, the, the stuff that yes. you don't see, you know, we, we go to Facebook and people are instantaneously, and I'm going to put quotes around this, happy, and they're mm-hmm. doing all of these things, but people don't see the work. I'm not going to call it the struggle. They don't see the work. Yes. What we were talking about before these technical difficulties was um, being authentic and how you can be authentic in this world in this society where everything is mm-hmm. considered perfect. How can mm-hmm. someone get to that point of authenticity? Uh, let me think about that from my perspective. Honestly, I just got tired of being something that I wasn't. I got tired of showing mm-hmm. up in spaces where people were expecting me to present, live, speak, teach, whatever, advise the way that was comfortable for them. And mm. to some degree, I allowed it, thinking, you know, I'm I'm figuring this out myself. And then it just was, um, I just wasn't happy. I was I was miserable. And so what I had to do was I I had to start taking every moment and claiming it back, um, taking mm. my power back. So when someone would say, "Oh, we don't do it like that here," then I would say, "Okay." Um, then you're probably not the right group for me or this probably isn't the right situation. And a lot of times it meant that I was sitting trying to figure out what was. And so Mm. when the right opportunities did come, I could tell it by how I felt, by the energy that um, I was getting from it, that I was able to give off. It felt right. It felt good. And so it was really just trial and error, but I had to – claim my power back. I had to just take all that back to within myself 
and then kind of decide moment by moment, is this a person, is this a situation, is this a project I want to engage in, um, can I bring my whole self there or be authentic? Um, and if not, then just kind of make some decisions. And, and we don't always get to be totally authentic in every situation, right? I mean, even mm-hmm. in the work that I do, if I want my influence to be, you know, far and wide, I have to understand that, like I said before, other perspectives are valuable too and other stories matter. And so but being authentic is making sure that I'm not playing small so that someone else can play big. We can both bring our best selves and be great um, without me, you know, having to take a back seat to, to your to your position. So I hope that made sense just moment by moment for me. And it's, it, uh, it you know, it's work. <laughs> yes, it, it makes sense. It, what comes to mind right now is authenticity requires releasing some fears. Uh, you said mm-hmm. that when you were in a situation, you know, you, you would say, okay, well, maybe this is not, you know, the correct partnership or the right partnership for me, for, you know, for yourself. And I think what happens is when you're authentic, you're going to have to release some fears, uh, for example, walking away from a potential opportunity. You know, Absolutely. sometimes we stay because we're holding on, you know, I may not get this opportunity again, but it requires us to play small or it requires us to play a role mm-hmm. that we're not comfortable with playing. So what you're saying, I'm I'm hoping those that are listening are are being helped by this because you're not always fearless. We're not always fearless. (laughs) No, we're not. It's a myth. (laughs) You know, it, it is a myth, but do it anyhow. Take that step anyhow. But like I said, I haven't always Mm -hmm. been in a financial situation where I could be 100% authentic. But that's why I say moment by moment, because maybe Mm -hmm. that particular 40-hour-a-week job didn't allow me to be 100% authentic, but how many moments in that week could I be? And start Mm -hmm. there. And then look for opportunities outside of that to expand my authenticity. And so instead of just looking at that job or that opportunity as the end goal, my end goal was authenticity. I even wrote out, you know, my own uh, PowerPoint that talked about what was important to me and, you know, authenticity, creativity, you know, these just different things that are non-negotiable for me now. But it took me a minute. (laughs) It took me a minute Mm -hmm. to get there. So, yeah, to your point, there are a lot of times where I spoke up and I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to have this afterwards or it, it's just going to, you know, rub some people the wrong way. And sometimes it did, but mm-hmm. um, it freed me. Every time yes. I took that step to be a little bit more of who I truly am, it freed me. And those are the people we admire the most. We yeah, really do but it's work in life. It it yeah. is a lot of work. It's a lot of work to to walk away. It's a lot of work to to speak up because you don't know the full ramifications of what's going to happen. And when you're in certain fields, you could potentially be blackballed or you know mm-hmm. seen as difficult. Um, from personal experience, I know that I I people have thought things about me based on you know 
race and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you know, I had to walk away from the stereotypes and say, look, you can believe the stereotypes, whatever you want to believe. But what I'm telling you is a fact. What I'm saying is the truth. Mm -hmm. So don't take it as the stereotype. Just take it as the truth of what Mm -hmm. I'm saying. Listen Mm -hmm. to what I'm saying to you. Mm -hmm. So it it Mm -hmm. can be difficult to live an authentic life, but it can be so much more rewarding. It's liberating. Yes. It's liberating. But like I said, it wasn't um, it wasn't easy because I didn't always mm-hmm. have models growing up that told me go be authentic. Those weren't words that were used in my household. It was get your education, go get you a good job, mm-hmm. and you know you stay there and you do what you're supposed to do. And yes. um, and I was on that track, you know, went got the education and all this other kind of stuff. And then, like I said, leading up into leading up to the point where I lost everything, I wasn't happy. I had a lot of good stuff going on. I just wasn't happy, mm-hmm. and I didn't mm. spend enough time with myself to understand what would really make me happy. And I had to do that. And I had to sacrifice the brunches and you know the cookouts and the trips because I wanted to just spend some solo time really understanding, you know, what matters most to me and mm-hmm. what I wanted my voice to be out in the world. So how do you balance it all? You, you're an author. You're a singer, which is something new we learned. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> yes. And you, 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 you are in artificial intelligence, ethics, and mm-hmm. all of these great things how do you balance all of this with just life in general? I don't know if it's so much of a balance as much of it is doing what feels right and letting it take care of itself. Does that make sense? So some people in the artificial intelligence world who are writing beautiful articles and they're speaking specifically about artificial intelligence, they balance things by in my mind and from talking with people by spending as much time as they need to doing that. I am a free spirit. I'm like a butterfly. So if maybe for a moment I'm doing this one thing over here and the folks in artificial intelligence might be like, you know what? I haven't heard from her on this subject in a while. It's okay because I'm doing me and this is what I need to continue to expand and grow. So it could be that I take a moment to read some articles or just listen to some music for a few weeks or or even write. So my balance comes from me honoring what it is my life is calling of me, from me, and for me to do in that moment. I don't worry about the money. I don't worry about the next speaking engagement. I don't worry about the next trip. All of that seems to magically kind of unfold as I honor my truth. Mm-hmm. Hope that helps. It, it does. It does. <laughs> truth, authenticity, all of that it, are key to, to really living a life that you want to live. And mm-hmm. you you. You balanced it all beautifully here. <laughs> well, and I'm balancing actually, it, yeah. Yeah, you are. Well, you're an example of that. And and I'm not saying, when I say that, I don't mean perfection. 
Yes, and that's one you. of the things uh, people in artificial intelligence in general, you know, I, I think, especially if you write code, <laughs> you're trying to get for get to this perfection. And, and, and life mm-hmm. is not a state of perfection at all. We can forget it. We're going to say some no. things that maybe we yes. shouldn't have said. We're going to, you know, we're going to be on a Zoom call, and it might not be the best Zoom call. <laughs> you know, it's yes. so many things. You know, the the the, the sandwich and might not come out right. The lasagna may be burned tomorrow. It's okay. It is. It is true, and there are also going to be moments where we are off-centered. And that's what it was like for me being in Minneapolis after George Floyd's murder. I could not Mm. sleep for a month. I was up, and I was trying to figure out what I was doing, what I needed to do, why this was impacting me so much. I had to unpack, I mean, affecting me so much. I had to unpack all of that. And so it's not like I'm Mm. sitting around walking through life this balanced you know, flowers twirling around the world. Um, There are things that happen in society that impact us. And that impacted Mm -hmm. me because I've been doing the work of racial equity here as an appointee for the city of Minneapolis's racial equity community advisory committee had been this, doing this work for about a year and a half and was, was encouraged by the progress we were making. And then it just felt like, you know, the city just, just exploded and of course, and then the world became um, an audience to everything that you know black folks have been feeling for generations, and so that meant um, for me, I had to go back in, like I said, and kind of figure out what are the next stages for me. That almost mm-hmm. took me out; I wasn't sleeping, and so that's when I said, "No, nope, you've got to get back to your center. You can't worry about what everyone else is doing." Um, as a result of this, and what is it that you can do? We can, I can still do this work, and it's still important to me, and I'm going to still show up, as I said, speaking my truth, but then I also have these other things that are a part of me, and mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to split myself in nine different pieces to appease anyone. So and I think to your point, yeah, it message. takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the message I want people who are listening to walk away with uh, because of, you know, perfection issues and, and thinking everything has to be perfect. Everything, every step you take, no. every move you make, it has to be perfect. And if I'm not perfect, then, you know, the world is going to see that I'm not perfect. And and we know you're not perfect because we're not perfect, you know. <laughs> We we're no. aware of that, but it's like a secret. I don't know. I I don't know if I'm saying this correctly. It just feels like people are not aware well, that other people are aware that nobody is perfect. And that's a good point. I did a presentation for a group of folks um, back in August, and I was encouraging people to take one step, just take one step. And one of the conversations we got into is the reason why some people don't release books or they don't release their writing, or they don't release their songs or their projects, is because they're stuck in that perfection mode. And I like to, as I say, learn out loud or learn forward. So if I put something out, I can tell right away whether or not people are feeling it or not. Um, But it doesn't change me. It's just a matter of me just putting my stuff out. I might tweak it a little bit um, because it is helpful to be a part of a community who can offer, you know, some some advice and so forth, 
but put it out there. My very first book, we didn't talk about, or not my very first book, the the first book I released this year was called Circles. And it was about a little black girl who loves circles, circles like hugs, circles like ice cream cone or ice cream balls, um, circles like the sun, um, circles like marbles. And it's not like little AI and PD or little Miss Minnesota and her six brothers, but it was my first attempt at putting something out. And um, and I'm proud of that because there was nothing and then there was something. And now there's something, I should say. And yeah. so I can, I can always say that. There was nothing and now there's something. Um, but I could have waited another year, right? I could have been mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I've got to get a publisher and I've got to get it set up on the right thing. And now I've got to go do market research and find out the pricing. And that's important mm-hmm. if that's important to you. Does that make sense? Yes. But for mm-hmm. me, right. I was not worried about the perfection piece of it as much as I was what, um, how can I use this to help young people and parents and give them a tool that they can use to, you know, see bright, smiley, you know, kids doing things, playing mm-hmm. marbles and hugging their friends and, um, you know, talking about the beauty in the world. Now, you have a new book that's soon to be released, I'm Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can you give us some, I, the title alone, okay? <laughs> so I love it. So where, tell us more about your soon to be released book, I'm Beautiful. So I'm going to be honest. I didn't hear a lot of that growing up. Okay. I did not okay. hear, you are a beautiful black girl. I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. And um, and I went to a predominantly white school. So I didn't get these messages that a lot of children I'm seeing, and I'm so proud that they're they're getting these messages and seeing a lot more. I didn't get that. And I wore mm-hmm. glasses. So the little girl has glasses. And so um, – <laughs> I just really wanted to have that message repeated over and over and over. And so part of the images in the book is a fairy godmother comes to this little girl and she realizes that the little girl has lost her confidence. And so she has her point to various pieces or uh, places on her, on her body and says, I'm beautiful, her nose. And she's like, okay, look. And so the little girl repeats, I'm beautiful, look at my nose. I'm beautiful, look Mm. at my eyes. I'm beautiful, look at my heart. And so I wanted that theme, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, to be played over and over again. So no matter what you look like, be proud of it. Whatever your ears look like, your nose, your eyes, your hair, um, be proud of it. Because at the end of the day, we all have a heart. And um, and the heart is what's the most beautiful part of us. Wow, that and, and <laughs> words matter. Words words they really do, do matter. Uh, growing up, and, and I, I'm just this is just how it was. I'm this this is just how mm-hmm. it was. Um, growing up, I didn't hear you're beautiful. I heard mm-hmm. you're smart. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. from the age of seven or eight, they were like, you're going to college. 
you are going mm-hmm. to college. So there was not a choice in the matter of going to college because it had already been instilled in me, you know. Yes. So the words you're beautiful matters. The words you're smart matters. What you you put out into the world matters. And I think that your book, I'm Beautiful, is going to change lives because it not only gives the reader something to say to themselves, but the person, and when I say the reader, I mean if I'm the child reading the book, it gives me something to mm-hmm. say to myself. But if my parent is reading the mm-hmm. book, yes. then they're telling me I'm beautiful. So yes. now I have more than just me that's telling me I'm beautiful. Yes. You know, it's reinforced. This, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, oh, my God. I absolutely love it. Okay, so when can we expect I'm beautiful? Before the end of the year, I'm working on, so the way I work to do my books, which is so wonderful, is that I work with illustrators all over the world, and that was another intentional choice because many of the ones that I work with have never drawn black people before, and I felt like this was a way to, again, humanize us, like they'd send things back, and I'm like, nope, I want the skin shade darker, or I want the hair to look like this. And so um, I have the images, and I'm working on the book. And so it's just a matter of me, you know, finding the inspiration, I'll say, to to finish. Because remember, I told you I'm kind of like this butterfly. And um, so, you know, there are times I work on it. And then there are times where I'm like, okay, let me just let it sit for a minute and see if something else inspires me in the world to add to some of the language that um, I'm putting on the pages. Because when I write, it's coming from within, but it's coming from what I'm getting from the rest of the world, if that makes sense. And so my hope is um, by the end of the year, and it will be another free ebook, because this is my commitment during this time, racial pandemics, uh, COVID pandemics, that I offer it to parents for free. Um, and it'll have a read aloud again. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to say to you that you have been an awesome guest, and I'm, I'm so excited that you are our first guest. And you hung in there. You hung in there despite technical difficulties. Yes. I'm so I honored. You know, I am honored to have you. I appreciate your work. We have had an awesome show today. We want to thank Miss Elizabeth M. Adams for being a part of the premiere of Beyond the Lab. Again, we're so excited to have her. She was so so full of hope and inspiration and light. And we want to make sure that you guys go and follow her on all of her social media channels as well to get her books. Go to emabooks.com. They are ebooks. You can download them. You can read them on the screen. Little Miss Minnesota and her six brothers, Little AI and Petey, as well as I'm Beautiful, which she announced will soon be released. I, I think it's it will be a great Christmas gift. I'm not sure if it will be out there by then, but we want to thank her so much. We are so excited about what's going to happen beyond the lab with black women in artificial intelligence. Again, this is our first show. 
And we're, we're so excited about what's going to happen. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, email us at admin at blackwomeninai.com. But again, thank you so much to Ms. Elizabeth M. Adams for providing so much light today. She, she brought so much energy, and we're excited to see what she does next. And we want you guys, again, to follow her at Technology Liz on Twitter and make sure that you go to the website emabooks.com to find out more information about the books Little Miss Minnesota and Our Six Brothers, Little AI and Petey, and, again, the soon-to-be-released book, I'm Beautiful. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Beyond the Lab right here on your 15-Minute Radio Network. We will see you on the other side of the microphone. Have a good day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.